Yes, folks, it's Thursday, it's 2 o'clock, which means, oh, yeah, and I forgot, I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Yeah, gotta love Markel's Audio Lab. That theme song, once you hear it like that, it never goes away. Always drills into your head something fierce. Ray, Elizabeth, Kristen, how are we doing? It's time for, you know, Pillars of Weather. I mean, franchise. Well, yeah, weather. Where are you? What's the weather like? Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay. Well, I'm I'm back in uh, Chicago, uh, Chicago area in Aurora, Illinois, and the weather here is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. I did have a good time traveling uh, last week, and uh, we really enjoyed getting with some old friends and uh, and enjoying the scenery. And the fall colors in the UP were absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it, well, Kristen, I don't know if you've gotten on my uh, I did. I did. <laughs> there and saw that. Uh, it, it was absolutely gorgeous outside. And right now, the weather here is 74 degrees and sunny, and we're expecting some really nice weather for the next couple of days. So how about you, you Kristen? Well, I'm not far from you, Ray. I'm not uh, even, I don't think we're even 20 miles apart. So we have the same beautiful weather. And uh, talking to you last week and looking at your photos makes me miss the fall part of Michigan and so for those of you that live across the country and you're like what's the UP that would be the upper peninsula of Michigan that's the this part of the this part right that's how we identify that if you're from Michigan right. and uh, it's a beautiful beautiful place I wouldn't mind being there today but um, don't ask me that in the next six to eight weeks when the snow no. starts to fall you don't want to do that <laughs> so for now I'll take Roselle Illinois where it is the same 74 degrees in sunshine. Elizabeth, how about you? Well, I'm wishing for your beautiful weather. I'm down here in Alabama where it's 79 and gray and rainy, and I think we're getting a few outer bands from that hurricane out there. Um, and we don't have fall. You know, it's either hot or kind of chilly. <laughs> kind of chilly. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to kind of chilly. <laughs> yeah. So who's our guest today? Do I get to announce her? I'm so excited. Yeah. So our guest today is Britt Schroeder. And um, Britt lives by the motto, pursue your own dreams or work for someone else that has. And um, I'm so excited to have Britt on the show because uh, she was the person that I used. She was my consultant when we looked to buy a franchise. So um, it's very exciting connecting back with her. Um, so she is widely accepted as one of the top franchise consultants in the United States. Um, she helps you figure out what most people dream of doing. She helps you get there, which is fantastic. Um, there's so much I could say about her, but she spent a, a more than 25 years as a franchisee, entrepreneur, franchise executive, and franchise consultant working for and owning franchises such as Kitty Academy, Child Care Learning Centers, those are, excuse me, Molly made, 
um, which we know very well, Sylvan Learning Centers, and Synergy Home Care. So she wow. comes to us with all kinds of experience. And for those of you who have been watching the show and are interested and think you might be interested, uh, it's going to be a great show today. And Britt's got lots of great information for us to share. So with that, I think we can start off. Is that all right? Welcome to the show, Britt. Well, thank you. I am so happy to be here. Some we're, familiar we're names and faces. What's the weather like? <laughs> well, of course, I was hoping you were going to ask me. So I'm talking from Baltimore. I'm zooming in from Baltimore right now. It's probably about 78, low humidity, sunny. But in two weeks, I am headed to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee to watch <laughs> the leaves change myself. So yeah. really, and we're glamping. So we are in one of those big fancy canvas tents with the fireplace and the king size wow. bed with the down comforter. And we actually, we upgraded. So we actually have a toilet and a shower in our tent. Oh, wow. Wow. I have an idea. So it's like a real treat for me. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, we're, you're going to have to share that information. We're going down there next, this next summer for baseball. The heck with all that regular camping. Stuff. Right. I think you got camping camping is better. It's called under canvas and they have them in all the national parks. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that sounds great. Since making a note. Right? I am. <laughs> I am. I'm like, <laughs> awesome. Well, Britt, um, I know Kristen has a good relationship with you and has known for you for a while, but I am relatively new. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background, how you got where you are, kind of what the process was that led you to being a franchise consultant, and then we'll get into all the advice you have for people who are looking into it. Uh, fabulous. Thank you. So while I have spent my full career in franchising, um, I have a degree in education, and I have my MBA from Johns Hopkins University, and I was sort of born an entrepreneur. I think I started my first business when I was about six selling crayfish. I'd like oh, to wow. spend all my time in the stream. So I would catch the crayfish and then I'd get my parents to go drive me to the bait store to sell the crayfish. So I've always had little side gigs. So I figured <laughs> I'd probably end up an entrepreneur and, and that's why I went on to get my uh, MBA. Um, but then my first job was with Kitty Academy Learning Centers. And then my husband and I ended up buying multiple businesses in multiple industries. But my real sweet spot in my career has been being a consultant with Franchise. Because if I was ever with a franchise specifically, I would be trying to help someone sell someone a business that I was representing. And it wasn't always what was best mm -hmm. for the individual. And so I really struggled with that. And I then there was a new business developing of franchise consulting. I knew right away it was for me because I was able to, and I still do represent businesses, every investment range, every single industry, every single sort of background, rural, urban, everything in between. We have all these different solutions for people. So my job is to get to know you and what will work best and then really serve you well help you find the right business, which I did with Kristen many years. Kristen, how many years has it been? Oh, you're muted. Oh, Kristen. she's muted. <laughs> she did that on purpose, that because, you know. Well, I saw the mailman coming with packages and I hit <laughs> mute because all three dogs started going crazy. And I'm like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, oh my gosh. And I had to yell at my son, tell him to shut up for the dogs. And anyways, 
So yeah, it's been a great ride. And I'll tell you, you know, the best part about working with um, Britt or, or the whole process that she follows is really being able to kind of explore not only what's out there, but who and how you are as an individual and really stop and think about the things that are important to you. So um, that was a lot of fun. So I guess, so, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. So um, Kristen's a perfect example of uh, what I do now, and I, this January will be my 20-year anniversary of serving in the role with Fran Choice. We have owned a couple businesses um, at the same time, but my husband's always led those. Um, I was just saying before this call started with the group here, um, my son bought his first franchise today. So mom's been very involved in that one, um, but we have another franchisee in the family. My daughter and her husband also own a franchise. So um, that's just what we've been about. The value that a franchise can bring to the table for the right personality, for the right skill set um, is, is real magic when it's done right. Well, that kind of leads us right into our first question, actually. And the first question was about, you know, you have over 30 years of experience in and around franchising. And what do you think is the secret to finding kind of a magic match between a franchisee and a franchisor? Good question. So um, lots of experience doing this. And my first piece of advice to everyone I begin to work with is I want you to take every preconceived notion and throw it out the window. Forget what you think you know about this. <laughs> we need to really start with a clean slate because if you've never looked at a franchise before, you're probably gonna, when I say, what are you thinking about? What do you think might be a fit? You're probably gonna say, well, thinking about buying a restaurant because everybody likes to eat. And, you know, I really like the Chick-fil-A sandwich. So I'm thinking that I want to buy a Chick-fil-A restaurant. Like, I'm so excited about this. This is what I'm going to do. And I'll be like, okay, we're definitely going to get you looking at Chick-fil-A. But let's take a step back and clear the slate. And let's put you, as Christian, as you were just saying, you put yourself at the center of the equation. And you look inward, and that's where you begin. So it's very important with my clients that we begin to define the why are you doing this? Mm. How is It's not that you're going to serve a good Chick-fil-A sandwich. A Chick-fil-A sandwich has never changed anybody's life. <laughs> but picking the right business for you and your family, why are you trying to do that? So we really take a look at immediate goals, midterm goals, and long-term goals. And not only financial, but we also talk about what's your life look like? How are you spending your time? What are you gaining that you don't have now? What are you trying to get away from? What are you trying to move towards? So we come up with a very, very clear definition. And I take a lot of time asking a lot of questions to get together a profile. In the profile, I'll be identifying the exact business characteristics that will be the best fit for you. Uh, and then we start to think about options. Um, and with options, I always ask people, what are you thinking about and why? Because there's insight there, but then I can use my knowledge in 20 years of experience of studying the broadest range of franchises 
to make recommendations to get you looking at the right thing. So most importantly would be start with a clean slate, put yourself at the center of the equation, and then I have to help people don't fall with something too quickly don't discount something too quickly because it's going to be a roller coaster of emotion right. as you uh it, go through the due diligence process so those would be the initial highlights of when i'm working with someone it's start well there's nothing like due diligence that sucks the emotion right out of the process <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> when you start talking money suddenly there's no more emotion it's all dollars and cents <laughs> you know, I I say to people, one of my questions early on in my consultation is, um, if I were to give you $100 and you had to divide that $100 up between money in return or flexibility in lifestyle or uh, what you do, the task of the business, your self-identity, how would you split that up? And if someone goes 30, 30, 30, I'm like, I'm not buying that. We need to really think closely about this um, uh, to get that clarity. And money, ultimately, if, if the money isn't going to reach your financial goals, and if you don't understand how to properly figure out how much money a franchise will make, this process is going to go nowhere. Right. So there's obviously a pretty heavy focus on me teaching people how to work within the franchise structure to put together their own realistic cash flow projections that they share with existing franchise owners so that right. if they do move forward with something, you're moving forward with your eyes wide open. I thought this was going to be easy and that I was going to make $150,000 in year one. You know, that didn't wasn't necessarily, that's not probably going to happen. So right. you need to do your homework, utilize the system and make sure you understand the reality of the business before you make any decision. And, and that's where my next, role is to teach people how to do that. Excellent. Thank you. Elizabeth, did you want to take the next question? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm curious about how often you, you have someone who just surprises the heck out of you over where they land in terms of your initial impressions. And then once you dig deeper, they come up with something that they never in a million years thought they would have chosen. So um, it's very rare with all my experience that I'm surprised where they land. Normally after my consultation, I, I know where the person should be going. And before I begin to present the best matches for them, they may not understand where they need to go or where they should end up. And it's not my role to tell them. So it's a process. It's a, it's a learning process for them. I can't come back and say, this is what you should buy, or these are the top three that you should look at. I need to let them evolve as they go through the due diligence, because just as Kristen was saying, you're all emotional about buying something, and then you start to get into the earnings, and you realize, well, really what I need to be focusing on is the cash flow, and that's what matters most, and that may not be how you go into the process. So, um, I would say 90% of the time, my clients are shocked where they end <laughs> up and what they end up buying after doing That's full right. homework. I would say 90% of the time, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I've been doing this long enough. There's art to helping people end up with the right business, and there's a science to it. 
-hmm. And the science, anyone can learn how to do. But part of what I bring to the table is knowing organizations such as Molly made, and I know what the owners are, I know their personalities, I know their strengths and their skill set and their passion. I know if one company is very Midwest, I know if another company is hard driving Northeasterners, you know, running the show. So I start to gain this sense of um, that I intuitively, instinctively, after getting to know someone, uh, can pull the right companies for them to explore. Then I have to ease them into the understanding of how and why it is the best fit, which comes from them doing their homework. Mm-hmm. What I really enjoyed about the process is after doing a lot of different interview questions is you kind of gave us three categories. And then within the three categories, you said, well, what do you think of these categories? And we were able to kind of hash that out. And then it was like, okay, well, of these three categories I have in mind, each one has three different franchisors to speak with. And so we had to go back and say, okay, you know, this is really not what we want to do. This is really not the right time. Thank goodness. Because, you know, one of the, the things that we had talked about with some of my background was doing temp agencies. And that was right before no one knew the recession hit. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't choose that one. I'm so glad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And really, you know, you mentioned it as well, the work-life balance part. I uh, bought my franchise. We had a third. Um, but work-life balance was really, really important. And I think that um, you did a great job helping us guide through that. So. Giving um, people, I was just going to say, giving people multiple options in different industries allows you the capability to compare and contrast, and there will be things that surprise you. So once we identify your goals, once we figure out what you're, um, what, what, where you're trying to go, I look at multiple avenues to get you to the same end game. And there's not just one answer, right? There are multiple ways to do this. And I'm trying to think through where are you going to feel most at home? Where is it going to ultimately feel like family to you? Mm Because if it doesn't feel like family, once you're getting to know the executive team and the franchise owners, it's a bad fit. Right. Um, So I'm working on a lot of levels that people right out of the gate don't understand. But all of a sudden they're like, hmm, this, this put me where I need to be. Yeah. Well, and how long does it take? I would think that um, along this process, you're having to de- to develop and gain their trust. Because if I walk in the door with someone I've never met before, and they say, "Oh, well, you know, let me tell you about your what's going to be a good fit and what's not," when um, you evolve them process and lead them to a decision with the options that you give. I mean, you're you're counting on the fact that you've earned their trust by then. Yeah, it's um, I, I have loved starting to do more and more on Zoom because I think the ability to look somebody in the eye has really helped with trust. So that's been fascinating result of COVID because I didn't used to do all my meetings on Zoom and I'm moving to that and I love that. And trust is key. So um, knowing, initially I'll say what questions do you have about franchising and I'm able to educate them. They'll be well, at least she knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And most of my business does come from referrals. So they probably were sent to me by a friend or an associate. So that helps kick things off correctly. Um, uh, But the, the main thing that I do with the trust 
is I keep a confidence of between you and me, things that are said, I am on, I'm here to help you. So I don't feed this back to the franchise or my role is to make sure you answer the right right questions. Um, But I also let people know if there's something that I am not showing you and you want to look at it, let me know. I probably represent them. If I don't, I'm going to have you add it right into the mix. I want to be someone that brings opportunity and potential to people, not limit people. And I think that gives people a good sense of security that um, I truly want what is best for them. The only way you can be in this industry for 20 years is uh, getting people to the right place. So, um, but that's a big factor because this is maybe a good portion of their life savings, Mm -hmm. their nest egg, uh, their energy. I understand the gravity of what we're doing and I take it very seriously. Yes. We are so excited to hear more about this, but I am told that it is now time for our commercial break. Um, There we go. Uh, it's time for a commercial. And when we get back, I'd like to talk to Britt. We talked, I'm sorry, my computer froze. That's why I was absent for a little, little bit. But I'd like to ask Britt, talk to Britt about, you know, surprise, uh, what do you call it, <laughs> franchises. I, well, I'll ask the, I'll, we'll talk about it after the commercial. It'll be a surprise right. question, right? There you go. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're back, folks. At least I hope I'm not muted. Um, ah, I love this stuff. Love being live. So we want to thank uh, Feedspot for listing us as one of the top 20 franchise podcasts uh, you must follow in 2020. Ray, what number were we? <laughs> Go Pillars team. Go Pillars team. And now a commercial. Oh. First, a reminder, you can call in to 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And I'll talk to you and we'll talk. And now, a commercial. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. And we're back. Take it away, Ray. Okay. I don't know if this question was answered when my computer went out, but uh, we were talking about the most surprising uh, match between a person and a franchise. And people who knew me before I had the Molly Maid franchise knew that I was very technical, electrical, electronics, and, you know, plumbing and construction and and everything that, you know, like uh, you would 
find a typical guy being involved in. And of course, when I was looking for a franchise, I was looking at these types of industries as well. But then I was presented with my consultants with Molly May, and I said, what? <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense, you know. But when I thought about it, see, I was actually burned by some of these industries. I worked for Sharp Electronics before, during the BCR industry, okay? And you all know what happened to uh, BCRs. Then I worked for Telabs, and uh, they manufactured telephone landline equipment. Okay, so and we know where that went. So I've been burned by this industry. So when I was thinking about what franchise I needed to go into, and someone presented me with a Molly Made franchise, I thought, hmm, that sounds pretty low tech. It's not though. <laughs> but you know, I don't know how I could get burned with that. So I guess my question to you is, and I have to apologize if you answered. What was your biggest a surprise match that you hooked up with people uh, franchise to person. <laughs> There's been so many uh, <laughs> bizarre matches through the years. I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to have a business that cleans toilets. Right. <laughs> or I want to own a business that cuts hair. Mm -hmm. Um so there's there's unique and interesting matches all the time. I, you know, Ray, what you're talking about, I deal with corporate refugees all the time, right? So when we're going over the motivation, it's we always talk about what you're trying to move towards, but it's also what are you trying to get away from? Mm -hmm. And the corporate world isn't as loyal as it used to be, right? I mean, <laughs> you really got to watch out for yourself now. That's right. And some people that get very burned and are like, I am done. I am walking away. I'll say, well, then what's your life going to look like? And Ray, maybe you would say, well, I, I imagine a life one day where I can spend half my time in an RV, right? So that becomes a lifestyle goal for us to work towards. And to get you there, that means we need to look for a business that is simple to run where you can rely on key managers to give you the flexibility uh, that you can have remote access from the road to be able to manage the business. And that's why someone came back and said, Molly made may be a really good fit for that because it fits that profile, not about cleaning the toilet, but about the financial goals and the lifestyle goals that you've created for yourself. So I've had lawyers that I've put that have become dog trainers. I've had doctors that have moved into vent cleaning businesses. I've had uh, soccer moms open up gyms. Um, just, you never know where this is gonna take you, um, but the process works. And yeah, there are times where people make drastic changes, but sometimes that's what people need and want is a drastic change. If you're gonna live life, and you got to take the reins and you got to start to control it. And sometimes that means stepping away from what you're doing. Sometimes that means starting a side gig that will involve into a full-time business opportunity for financial reasons. You may have to ease into it, but we find ultimate paths to make a difference in how you're living your life. And, um, if you can think of a business, there's a franchise that does it. So you never know what you're going to end up in. <laughs> and that's exactly what I, I wanted our audience to hear. Because, uh, you know, they're, like you said at the beginning, they're thinking, oh, I like hamburgers, so I'm going to buy a hamburgers. 
score, you know, and it, it, it's really not about that. It really isn't. There's a great book on the topic called The E-Myth. I bet you all have talked about it on Pillars of Franchising, but um, The E-Myth is a very good book to uh, pick up if you want more on this subject about how to identify what's important and then how to get there uh, through franchising. That's a really good point, how to figure out what's important, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that are so overwhelmed and we're caught up in the day-to-day -day that to figure out what's really important, right. it takes a little bit of soul searching. And I remember this process to be kind of like a roller coaster. There are ups and downs or, you know, you get really scared. Sometimes you'd work on the performance and it doesn't look right. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't think this is going to work. And, but the thrill of actually being able to say I did it and it's worked, you know, and, and going into franchising instead of having the two to five year uh, sale rate being what it is for entrepreneurs, it's so much better in franchising. And I think that that's really exciting. And I really hope that our listeners today are writing some of these notes down and really get excited about the type of business that you're doing because it's really it's a great way to break into into franchising it is it's a great so, way to break into business <laughs> right i yeah. like to talk about different personalities type and compare it to um the race car industry mm -hmm. so there when we look at racing there are three types of people there are a lot of people out there that dream about becoming a race car driver. They're like, when they're a little kid, I'm gonna be a race car driver. <laughs> they wanna go take the course when they're older, but they just always dream, right? They're, mm -hmm. Those are my dreamers, and that's at least a third of the world, and I, they're gonna be stuck in corporate world, and that's just the reality. Mm -hmm. Then there's a third of the people out there that are my engineers and my builders. They wanna be the one to design the race car. They want to micromanage and control everything about this car. Right. And they're the builders and they also are not necessarily a good fit for franchising. They mm -hmm. may find the constraints of a franchise, it may just rub them the wrong way. They may not be good at following mm -hmm. systems. So part of my role is to figure out who's just dreaming, to figure out who really needs to be the creator. What I'm looking for is those people out there that really want to drive the car that yeah. want to get in this system that's already been developed and put the pedal to the metal and reap the benefits of it. Um, and that's right. a big part of what I do for the franchisors because they want the system follower that will just put the pedal to the metal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's okay. an excellent point. I just to add on what Kristen was saying and, 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 and you Brett, that, that thrill, I like that analogy because the thrill of driving that race car is really special. The first time you sit behind that desk and say, I created this wonderful business, you know, and you sit back and you look and you peruse your office and, and your employees and, and you beam with pride. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way at all. It, it, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. It really is. It gives you the capability to impact lives. Mm -hmm. far beyond yes. the corporate world mm -hmm. in it and you get to do it in a way with a pride of ownership there's a lot of business businesses out there that don't necessarily operate with the same ethical path that you may choose and you get to do it your way you get to do it 
I like to work with people who want to do it with passion and want to do it with heart and want to do it with integrity. Mm-hmm. And I find them the same franchisor that operates from those same principles and it's magic and um, can create opportunity far beyond the corporate world. The, the corporate world, you can hit really big numbers but they're going to suck your soul. They're going to own you and you can do it with the right business with more flexibility, possibly less hours, have a lot more fun, a lot more control um, and uh, do it your way. And that's why, that's what I hope to inspire people. um, And then to be there as their support to help them get to the right home. So once you get through all of that, um, and for the people who are thinking about buying a franchise now, uh, COVID has certainly made a big impact on on all of us and some systems more than others. Um, So what are you finding about, is it a good time to start looking at a franchise during this pandemic? And if so, what franchises are really seeing that they're resistant to this um, that would be a good option for people? So is it the right time or not um, has to do with you. That's a question I ask my candidates that I'm working with because only you can answer that. Um, I believe that there are many people that have a a mindset of abundance and for them, they're probably going to see reasons why this is the right time. Um, I think it was Warren Buffett who said, uh, uh, buy low, sell high. Mm -hmm there will always be cycles within our economy. And this one's pretty drastic. I mean, it it hasn't (laughs) hit the markets, but in terms of emotion, and this is scary stuff, but there will always be um, rises and falls. And so you've got to determine, am I the type that wants to buy high and sell low? Or am I, do I have some kahunas here? And I'm going to jump right in because there's (laughs) fortunes to be gained by buying the right business right now, but it does take a lot of guts. So I make sure my clients are really willing to jump in right now. Um, and then if they feel that they are, um, I explain to the people that I'm working with, um, I break this into three categories right now. I have my COVID positive businesses, I have my COVID neutral, and I have my COVID negative. Mm-hmm. And my COVID positive would be businesses um, that are growing same store sales, same territory sales this year to last year, that they are up now because of COVID. So uh, the boats are in the RVs, right? You and I were talking about RVing earlier. You can't even buy an RV or a boat right now. You can't even, you have to wait next year if you want to have a pool put in. Um, the shelters are empty of dogs. Um, there's all these businesses that have, I have some that have actually doubled because of COVID businesses that do cleanup. So cleaning of, of doctor's offices and I mean, you name it. Um, so we have that whole category for someone that is very worried about COVID, but they still want to look, I keep them in that COVID positive because mentally that's going to be easier for them to see and validate. Right. I work with a lot of people right now also looking at what I call COVID neutral. And those would be um, my essential businesses. So if your car breaks, 
um, heating, air conditioning, um, uh, schooling. Uh, there's all sorts of things that will continue, right? So we, the nice thing about this COVID neutral is they're also recession resistant. We haven't had a huge recession from this, but in five years, we will have another recession, right? So I like looking at essential services. Now's a great time for that. For my most aggressive entrepreneurs, I will actually help them look at what I call my COVID negative businesses. Mm. Um, people uh, aren't going to gyms like they used to. People aren't eating at restaurants like they used to. But there are many people out there that believe that we will return to some level of normal. So if you can get in these mass industries and adapt the business format in a way that makes it appropriate for a delivery post-COVID or right now, um, you can ride these huge waves up because there's some massive industries that have been significantly impacted. Like I have people, I'm working with someone right now, big fitness boss. So they want to look at fitness and um, I was helping direct them towards the Pilates industry because the reformers are more than six feet apart. And you never have more than 15 people in the Pilates studio anyway. And those Pilates studios are skyrocketing back to normal membership very quickly. So you just have to look at these industries and look for the shift and understand that um, we have some amazing opportunity right now because of COVID for those that are not the faints of heart. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know that any, any um, industry is for the faint of heart when you're talking right. about it's um, the real estate market. It's easier it's to lease. No commitment. Yeah. Yep. Again, yeah. a little delay on Kristen there. <laughs> so in terms of uh, franchising in general right now, um, financing options are through the roof spectacular. Mm. It's taking a little longer but the SBA packages that are being put together right now uh, based on these COVID incentive programs is amazing. So it's a great time to borrow money where you can have long-term gain from something that may prove to be a, a short-term negative. Um, we also have this, it's a good time to be working with landlords where mm -hmm. a year ago, maybe they weren't gonna cover your build out where now they're talking covering your build outs, amortizing it over the loan. So it's a good time to be negotiating leases um, for the right businesses, there's good access to talent right now. Um, and then you just got to pick the right business on top of all those right. potential positives. <laughs> well, as uh, many business owners can attest, everyone makes mistakes. So what do you think some of the biggest mistakes that uh, new franchise owners have made and what should we try to avoid? How do we avoid those mistakes that these people may have made? Yeah. So um, I think that one of the biggest mistakes is that people are too emotional in the business acquisition and um, they get all caught up in a, a, a franchise development sales process about how this is going to be. And they don't understand the hard part. They don't always understand the work. They don't understand how long it may take to, hit cash flow break even realistically. So 
my whole goal, once I have somebody looking at the right companies, is to teach them how to go into business with their eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. And when you do not work with a consultant, or even if you work with a consultant who doesn't take the same attitude as me, I need to make sure my people understand the tough part, the hard part, the bad part, the ugly part, mm-hmm. the stressed out in the middle of the night part. I mean, you know, this is, um, this is easy. Everybody would be doing it. So um, that would be a biggie. Um, another one is um, be very careful about buying an unproven franchise. Mm-hmm. The whole point of a franchise is a proven track record, and you get to call people that have been doing this for a few years and interview them and ask them the tough questions and put together the cash flow projections, right? Mm-hmm. And if they're brand new, they can't do that for you. And then it's easy to be, you know, buy a bill of goods mm-hmm. because there's no negative validation. So, as attracted as you may get to being the brand new shiny toy on the shelf and you own it. It's, and there are a few of my candidates that want that, need that, that I will help them do that. But they probably have owned businesses before. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, go with a proven concept. Mm-hmm. Do your homework properly. Do you, you know, most people come to me thinking, it would be rude of me to ask Kristen how much money she makes with her Molly maid. I can't ask her that, Britt. I was like, you know, that that probably would be rude and she probably wouldn't answer you. But what you can do is you can put together a set of cash flow projections and share them with Kristen and say, Kristen, would you mind taking 10 minutes to review these for me? Mm-hmm. How does my growth pattern look? Does it look too aggressive? Does it not look aggressive enough? If I'm missing anything, am I too high or too low on anything? Mm-hmm. Franchise owners are always happy to help. So you know how to utilize the resource of the existing owners and make a good decision. That's that why will, they're there. That will tell you a lot about the mm-hmm. franchise or franchisee relationship. It tells you a lot about kind of the satisfaction level of the franchisees overall. I think it's very telling when you start to go in and uh, quickly figure out who's happy, who is willing to help as you go down the road into a franchise that maybe this person owns. So it's a very telling time. Yes, it is. And the validation is probably the most critical step of any due diligence. And I work with people step-by-step through due diligence. That is the key point where you're really going to figure out if this is right or not. And I always ensure that my candidates, that they call who the franchisor encourages you to call, but that they also make random phone calls. Um, I'm not saying every franchisor out there steers, but some do. And don't let that happen to you. So you have everybody's name, address, and phone number. Pick up that and, and if it's a proven system, right, you have plenty of owners, you just start looking for some markets that are similar to yours, pick up the phone and interview some of those folks too. And it's interesting that that is one of the biggest assets that you have with a franchise because not only can you uh, talk to before uh, people before you buy the franchise, but that help continues after you've bought the franchise. And it's such a, powerful asset that I don't think it's even mentioned enough. And yeah. Fred is saying it's time to go for a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yes, Ray, it is. Reminder, you can call in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. And we'll get your questions on the air. Same for those people hanging out the uh, Pillars of Franchising website. Go ahead and chat your message, your questions, and we'll get them on the air. And now a word from a sponsor. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. And we're back. And Elizabeth, episode coming out or issue coming out soon, isn't there? Yes, there's an issue coming out November 1st, um, and it's about work-life balance, which we have touched on here. So, yeah, a, a, a big issue for women, for sure, for all of us, but women in particular, I think, struggle a lot with that. So, so for the- and, and Fred is our token man. I think oh. Matt, he might have been fishing for a plug, and I didn't well, get it, but now I get it. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was just wondering why work-life balance. I remember I was talking to a group of franchise professionals, some of them who have been on the show, and I used the word phrase work-life balance because I'd heard Kristen use it on the show a couple of times, and there was dead silence for about 60 seconds. And finally, the CPA in the group says, uh, Fred, everyone's quiet because – we have no clue what you mean by the work-life balance phrase. Which, <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I said, any- I actually don't think it exists. Personally, I don't think it exists. I think it's about prioritizing. And when the people in your life know that they're prioritized, time balancing all of it doesn't matter as much. It's about how you make people feel important. So that's yeah. my, that, or maybe that's just me denying that I don't have enough time in my day. <laughs> Well, I think that that's a good point. And, and Britt, I know that was one of the topics that you and I talked about as we were shopping for a franchise because I worked for a major retailer and had explained that we were nights, weekends, sometimes mm-hmm. we get called three o'clock in the morning for an alarm call and guess who had to go down to the store and in the middle of the night, you know, and I take my dog with me to walk through the store to make sure there's nobody in there. But what in the heck was I doing? I'm in my 20s with this dog walking the store looking for losers that were breaking into my store, right? And so um, I think that when you work for someone else, the ability to have the work-life balance challenging than Mm -hmm. when you have your own business and you do set, to your point, Elizabeth, you set the priorities. And Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, my employees understand what the priorities are of the company, right? And so you kind of build it around what you want, not what a company wants or expects of you. So I think that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, yeah. someone who will work 80 hours a week for themselves just so they don't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Truth to that as well, yeah. Yep. It's well yep. put. It's well put. 
So, so Britt, I, ha- I have a feeling you have a good handle on this, that you drove an RV around for five years and uh, worked remotely. I mean, how was that for you? <laughs> um, people would get scared if we did. We normally stayed in um, uh, Bureau of Land Management land and out in the middle of the woods. Oh, wow. But when we would, so I'd forever be driving to the you know closest Walmart, to, and I'd be sitting in the car all day. With my head set on and my hotspot, <laughs> if people had any idea where I was. And then I'd drive back to the middle of the woods <laughs> where we, no one could reach us. Um, my husband, we used to kid, when we would pull into an RV park, the whole park would dim because our Wi-Fi signal, like NASA, <laughs> would have wanted our Wi-Fi signal. We it all up. We'd suck it all up, and we'd have directional antennas, and my husband would be trying to figure out where the closest tower was. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, but clearly, um, you prioritized your freedom because you made it work. Right. We made it work. We, we struggled through it. I am, I'm in one spot right now, and, and there's an upside for, for work. Um, I, uh, you know, you do work hard as an entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. When someone prioritizes the work-life balance. I do look for businesses that are more simple, um, that you can rely heavily on a manager. And it's only about 20% of the franchises in the United States that will even allow you to have a job and start on the side. But if it's going to allow you to have a job and start on the side, that's a good option for someone that will do it full time, but really wants to maximize their flexibility because we're still going to have them begin the business with that key manager. And those are far and few between, but they are out there. Um, most people have to start, you know, working their tail off, but then over time you can start to move more of the responsibility to keep proven staff. And over time, you gain that increased freedom and flexibility. It does happen, mm-hmm. um, but you got to have a business that makes plenty of money to pay your team, right? You know, you, you need to have those margins in there um, to be able to do that. But um, that is something that I, I pay close attention to of, of how much do you want to work? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I see that you um, have been a guest expert with the IFA, the International Franchise Association. And you've been featured on television and radio, public speaking events, um, a lot of different experiences for you. So I guess one of our um, crazy rabbit hole questions would be, how do you see artificial intelligence changing perhaps the job you do? (laughs) Oh, so I love that question. And I want to own the artificial intelligence right? So I got to figure out how to do, oh, everybody else in my industry is going to hate me right now. I'm going to figure out how to do what we do, but without human interaction. And maybe we can have a robot like me. I'm going to make it look like me if I own it. Not that anybody else wants it to look like me, but it's going to ask you the questions and it's going to feed into a database. I mean, that's what we have up here is this is an artificial intelligence, but there's a lot of factors coming in some point you've got to make that robotic and then we're all going to go full-time in our rv or off into outer space and travel the world (laughs) (laughs) and other worlds you know the the thing about the maid industry is they could possibly create a a robot to clean the toilet 
but the personal interchange that our employees have with our clients is really special sometimes, especially our older clients. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I can't you. believe there's lots of industries um, that can be heavily impacted through technology. And I talk mm -hmm. a lot about that. We need to make sure your business is technology proof and Amazon proof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> if we don't, I could be sending you down your own rabbit hole, and that's not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So um, work hard to think about what could happen in the future and to direct mm -hmm. you in the right way. I mean, who could have ever guessed COVID would have come along? But we've survived it. And, and whatever gets thrown at us as Americans, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to keep this economy chugging along. And I don't care who's yeah. president. I don't care about artificial intelligence. We are a country that loves to create that that yeah. spirit and that freedom of the West. Yep. And uh, we always will be. And um, yep. let's just keep this moving along through entrepreneurship. It's, it's pretty special. Yep. So, Fred, did you want to ask another question? No? You sure? No, he's <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> In the artificial intelligence question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no, there, no as I said, there there is an there is an art and a science of this. And uh, the science we can duplicate through AI, the art we cannot. So yeah. I don't think I'm yeah. gonna be replaced in my lifetime, but time will tell. <laughs> so are we uh, ready for the oh. last question? Yes. Okay, here's the, here's the last question. So all of our audience are thinking, wow, this is something I really want to do. How does someone get a hold of you, Brett? What are the ways of communications that they can call you or email you or get on your web page? And, of course, everything that you tell us today will also be on our uh, Pillars of Franchising webpage. So give us the lowdown on how to get a hold of you. Uh, Ray, thank you. I appreciate the plug here. Um, so my phone number is 443-977-8550. So call me anytime. Uh, that's the easiest way to go about that. If you would like to book a time, my email is B, as in my first name, Britt. So B Schroeder, and Schroeder is S-C-H-R-O-E. T as in Tom, E-R, at franchoice.com. And uh, you can find me online. Um, reach out. My services are free to you, uh, the buyer, because the franchisors pay me for bringing them good people. I'm like a headhunter, but for franchises. So um, no charge to you to work with me. I'll help you look at anything that you want to look at, and I'll make some really good suggestions after I take the time to get to know you that we will add right into the mix. I will teach you how to investigate them. And we have a lot of fun. And there's a lot of really cool things out there that I can oh, yeah. point you to. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brett. You're fantastic. <laughs> we really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, all. Hopefully I get to come back on again one day. Absolutely. It's so nice to see you. Okay. Thank you, Good Brett. seeing you. Good luck. Thanks. Everybody stay well. Thanks to our guest, Rich Schroeder, my co-host Elizabeth Denham, Kristen, 
the chief business warrior and Ray Pillar. How do you like I avoided that one, didn't I? Not going to screw it up two weeks in a row. It's <sighs> the last name, Britt. He can't say the last name. Yeah, it is. And this will next week we'll have another interesting, weird, and hopefully entertaining. Pillars, pillars, pillars of franchising. Pillars, pillars. Pillars of Franchising. <laughs>